As COVID zero zealots call for a return to mandatory masking, two infectious disease specialists say a return to masking is not needed. Conservative Party of Canada members will be voting on resolutions to make candidate nominations fairer and more transparent and to ban lobbyists from serving on the party's governing national council. One year after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau shut down the idea of supplying Germany with LNG, one of the country's largest energy companies is dismantling a wind farm to make room for an open pit coal mine. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, September 5th, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Andrew Lawton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Two prominent Canadian infectious disease specialists say mask mandates, including for schools and hospitals, do not need to be re-implemented this fall amid concerns about new variants. In recent days, legacy media outlets have reported on calls to bring back mask mandates, including from a group of BC healthcare professionals who have signed an open letter demanding masks as well as testing and giving priority eligibility to children for COVID shots. Other physicians, including Ottawa family doctor Nilly Kaplan-Mirth, have also been calling for masks. The hashtag BringBackMasks also trended on social media last week. However, infectious disease specialist and medical microbiologist Dr. Neil Rao and infectious diseases physician Dr. Suman Chakrabarti told True North the current situation does not warrant a return to mask mandates. Dr. Rao said, I completely disagree with their perspective and with the idea that restoring masks again at a population level or even a focus group level is the answer to controlling COVID. Dr. Chakrabati echoed Dr. Rao's sentiments and added that, What we're seeing now is the vast majority of the population has immunity, whether through vaccination or exposure to the virus or both, so you have great protection. Andrew, it seems like every fall, every time the school year approaches, we go through the motions. The legacy media calls for masks, politicians call for masks, and they whip up groups of physicians to call for masks. Will there ever be a year where this doesn't happen? When will we finally admit that COVID is behind us and we can move forward? Well, I think that there's a little bit of encouragement to take from the fact that the group calling for masks seems to be getting smaller with each passing year. And I I sort of joked on my show last week that for people that don't want masks, it's good that the few defenders of masks left all look and sound like Dr. Neely Kaplan-Mirth. So they're not exactly people that are coming with this really sober and sincere call for prudence. Now, that being said, I I think there are going to be people that give in to panic. And I'm not as concerned about a government-wide, province-wide, or nationwide mask mandate that affects indoor spaces like stores and buses. What I'm more concerned about are individual organizations giving in to panic. So a school board here, a hospital there, and uh, when you may have a, a world in which people are really kind of pretending it's 2020 again. Yeah, that's... That's a good point. You know, there is the potential of private businesses reintroducing some sort of measures, but 
what do you make of public opinion? Do you think there would be support for this? I've seen some polls that suggest some Canadians might actually want to see masking come back altogether. It's tough to say. I mean, we saw that Canadians will, by and large, go along with the fear. But I also think that, for the most part, people are not interested in that anymore and are not willing to go along with it anymore unless something really, really changes. Now, uh, that being said, I, I think that it's possible to be wrong about these things. And I think that Canadians, as I say, I, I don't want to say with 100% certainty they won't, but every single person I've talked to, even people that were very dutiful about following all the regulations and mandates the first time around are just having none of it now. Conservative Party of Canada members will be voting on resolutions to make candidate nominations fairer and more transparent and also to ban lobbyists from serving on the Conservative Party's National Council, which is its governing body. These votes will take place this weekend at the Quebec City Convention for the Conservatives. Delegates will vote on 37 constitutional resolutions and 60 policy resolutions. Constitutional resolutions are binding and lead to amendments of the party's constitution. Uh, these resolutions have been submitted by the local constituencies for the Conservatives across the country, which means grassroots members are, are the ones by and large putting these things forward. Uh, several resolutions aim to reform the candidate nomination process. Now, this comes amid controversy arising in Oxford in southwestern Ontario, where a pro-life candidate, Garrett Van Dorland, was disqualified. One submission would require the National Candidate Selection Committee to, quote, provide to the candidate all detailed information used for the disallowance of a candidate within 48 hours of the disqualification when they bar a candidate from running, meaning that they can't just disqualify for no reason at all or no disclosed reason. Constitutional resolutions are also seeking to change who is eligible to sit on the National Council. One resolution will ban any federally recognized lobbyists from being members of National Council and would also ban lobbyists from serving as party leader, director of the Conservative Fund, or executive director of the party. Uh, now, obviously, True North is going to be uh, on the ground in Quebec City. I'm going to be heading up there Thursday, and we'll have a, a couple of other members of the team there. Basically, these things are, are very inside baseball. They, they don't actually affect, at least directly, most people in Canada. But at the same time, for people who are in the conservative movement, I mean, these are actually pretty key questions. And we've heard, Cosman, time and time again about meddling in nomination races that always raises a big stink whenever it happens. Right. And these resolutions are, are pretty functional, uh, as in they are not ideological, but they affect how the party is built and, and represented. So I think if the conservatives want to continue to portray themselves as a grassroots party, some of these resolutions actually make sense. Banning lobbyists from national council or even serving as party leader is actually a good idea. And same with the proposal to, you know, give candidates who are disqualified a 48 notice of disallowance. So to me, as a Canadian, I think these are actually good ideas and all parties should actually adopt some of these. 
Absolutely. And I would say that when we're talking about the way that parties govern themselves, yes, they have the right to do their own thing. It's not like the Republican or Democratic parties in the U.S. where they really have to have open primaries and open what they what we would call nominations. But at the same time, I also think that if parties want to be reflecting grassroots members, uh, what the grassroots want really has to be front and center in the party. And I think historically there's been uh, in, in all parties, certainly the Liberals are, are no exception exception of this, a very top-down approach. Do you think that can change? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the Conservatives are going to go into this convention with very high polls. So I think the mood will be very optimistic. I think it, there will be a real positive attitude towards building a party that works for everybody. We know that Pierre Polyev's message has been to represent downtrodden Canadians who are really struggling right now. So I think there are some good opportunities here to really discuss how a party functions and how it can best represent Canadians. One year after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau shut down the idea of supplying Germany with a liquefied natural gas, one of the country's largest energy companies is dismantling a wind farm to make room for an open pit coal mine. During German Chancellor Olaf Scholz's visit to Canada in August 2022, Trudeau said supplying the European nation with LNG lacked a business case. Last week, Germany's RWE began operations to dismantle a wind farm in the North Rhine-Westphalia region. The company plans to dismantle at least eight wind turbines so that it can excavate up to 20 million tons of highly pollutant lignite coal, also known as brown coal. RWE brokered a deal with the German government last year to be allowed to mine the area under the pretense that it would aim to be coal-free by the year 2030. Germany and other European nations have struggled to wean off their dependence on Russian oil and gas in response to the country's invasion of Ukraine. Instead of buying LNG from Canada, Germany has already struck a deal with the US and even built a terminal to receive fresh shipments of gas. I remember when Justin Trudeau first said that supplying Germany with LNG lacked a business case and there was a little bit of resistance from the conservatives from media, but it seems to have died altogether. Was Justin Trudeau incorrect? Is there really no business case in supplying Europe with Canadian natural gas? You know, it was really odd to me when the seller of something decided to say there was no business case. Well, there was a buyer ready and waiting and eager to buy. I, I think Trudeau was absolutely wrong about this. The The fact that Germany uh, in particular has been desperate to wean itself off of Russian energy and Canada has this supply that is possible to get to market if we just allowed infrastructure to be developed. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous to me that we've allowed ideology to stand in the way of a, a pretty clear-cut business case. You're right, because it takes years, if not, you know, over a decade to get anything done in this country when it comes to energy infrastructure. And also, we go over budget. We see this with the Trans Mountain expansion. Why is it so hard to build 
any energy infrastructure in Canada, Andrew. Yeah, it is. And, and the one thing I should say is that it's not just lack of investment here. In fact, I'd say it's not even lack of investment. It's the regulatory hurdles. And, and this is the problem. I mean, we had a few months ago, and we talked about it a lot on True North, the government spending billions and billions and billions of dollars to bring Volkswagen to Ontario, to St. Thomas, to build a plant. Uh, the energy companies in, in Canada are not looking for subsidies. They're just looking for a green light to do do what they do best, which is bring energy to market. That's it for today, everyone. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, today, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live at 4 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.